welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, last weekend, we had Lisa Harper with us and thoroughly enjoyed having her for Sparkle and for the weekend preaching. She did Sparkle. She preached all the services on the weekend. And then you may not know this, but she drove all night from Springfield, Missouri to get here. Got here at 4.30 in the morning before Sparkle because her flight was canceled. And there's very few people that would do that. They would actually say, hey, my flight got canceled. I have to drive through the night to get there. But she did it. And we were so grateful for her ministry. And then after she preached on Saturday night service, you know, Beck and I took her to dinner. We thought it'd be a quick little dinner, you know, super quick. But we started talking theology and church and God and sermons. And it just, it turned into like a three-hour dinner. And, and we kept giving her out, like, do you want to stop? Do you want to stop? She said, I am so enjoying this. I am so enjoying This is so much fun. And, and we were having a blast there. And I told her about, we were talking about sermons we're working on. And, and I told her about this one. I said, this is a sermon I've been working on. And she said, you need to preach that one. You need to preach that. So I, I moved it up. And so now it's here. And so I'm preaching it. And if you don't like it, we'll just give it to her and she can re-preach it later, okay? You know, but I moved it up. And here's what it is. I want to talk to you today about the grace of God, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. And how the grace of God leads to the gifts of God that he gives us. So once you're saved by grace, you get the gifts that he gives to you. And then also, he doesn't leave you to there. He produces the fruit of the Spirit. And I've noticed that the world, when they're looking at Christians, they do not understand grace. They don't understand how like people like you and I, um, people that do terrible things, can be forgiven. They just don't understand. How could a God love people that are so unlovable. They, they even question like, how good do you have to be to get into heaven? Uh, like how, how, how good, do, and then you'd say it's grace. Matter of fact, I was in a, a, a Muslim country not that long ago, right before COVID, and, and people were coming up to me and they were saying, I have a question. How good do you have to be? How many good deeds do you have to do to get into heaven? How good? And I said, it's because of grace. You don't work. God gives you this unmerited favor. He gives you this. For, you don't work for it. The world cannot understand grace. The world sees the gifts of people. We see the gifts that people have. We platform those gifts. You know, our worship teams are amazing at all of our campuses. We platform gifts. Some people have other gifts and teaching gifts and, and people working with kids. There's all sorts of gifts that are there. They see those and they understand that because they see gifts. But then they look for fruit, which they should, and they don't see enough fruit. They don't see enough fruit. And what is that Christ-likeness in our life? And they don't see enough Christ-likeness in our life. And they, we keep telling them we're saved by grace. And, and then they're like, but does he do anything? So this whole confusion here, and I guess I'm preaching to the church and, and trying to clarify this for those that are looking in at the church so you will understand what's going on. Some people reject the church because of this. They just don't understand grace and gifts and fruit. Some people still are interested, but I, I want to try to clarify this. And in this short amount of time, I wanna go through a lot of ground and cover a lot of ground. And I'm praying for our church right now that you will take the challenge to grow in Christ. If you are a Christ follower, that you will take the challenge to develop your gifts 
and also let the fruit of the Spirit be developed in you, okay? So I'm gonna start with grace. Grace, I'll give a couple of scriptures because so that we understand why we need grace. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Every one of us has sinned, we've fallen short. So what are we gonna do with that? Because Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So he said, you've sinned, you've fallen short, but guess what? I've got a free gift for you. I'm giving you salvation, it's by grace, which is what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. God saved you by his grace. When you believe and you can't take credit for it, it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. It's grace, it's grace that gets us in and there's the beautiful song, Amazing Grace, and I won't sing it, but beautiful, beautiful song. And it really, the guy saying that saved a wretch like me. Grace is so amazing that God gives it to us. And for those of you that don't understand it, just again, I'm preaching to the church, but also to those that are confused by the way we live. Grace, I'll give you some definitions here. I've got quite a few. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely. Grace is God's benevolence to the undeserving. Webster says grace is unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. There's another definition, grace, mercy, not merit, the opposite of karma. Karma's like what goes around, comes around. Grace is like, you don't deserve this. You deserve bad, but I'm giving you good. I'm not punishing you if you ask for this free gift of grace. It's an amazing thing. And I know that we couldn't even encapsulate. We could do a whole series for weeks and weeks and weeks talking about grace, and we'd never even come close to even explaining how good God's grace is. But we all are forgiven by grace, by grace. We didn't work our way in. And that's just so amazing about God. There's a British conference and they were comparing religions and trying to figure out what was so unique about Christianity and they were trying to figure it out. And C.S. Lewis happened to be there and he finally spoke up and he said, oh, that's easy. The thing that's so incredible about Christianity is grace. He's like, it's grace. That's the, the thing that's so incredible. And after they discussed, they said this, they said they realized God's love coming to us free of charge with no strings attached seems to go against every instinct of humanity. The Buddhist eightfold path, the Hindu doctrine of karma, the Jewish covenant and the Muslim code of law. Each of these offers a way to earn approval. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. It's amazing. This is grace. And that's the reason that people get in. And that's why when somebody was, uh, uh, has done terrible crimes against humanity, if they ask for grace, if they repent of their sins and ask God to forgive them, they are given the grace and all of us need grace to get in. Now, moving on for grace, we've got the gifts. Once we are forgiven and we're made new, we realize that the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And we didn't earn these things. He's given us these gifts. I'll read this scriptures for you again. And I'm just in my introduction, by the way. We got a long way to go. All right, Romans 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. 
So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Spiritual gift, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. One more. 1 Peter 4.10. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve one another. We've all been given gifts. When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you receive that grace that you didn't deserve, he's like, guess what? I've also given you gifts. And I want you to use these gifts to bless other people and to advance my kingdom, to advance the church of God. He's like, I want you to use those gifts to move them forward. And just so you understand these gifts, what it is, uh, Zondervan's Bible Dictionary says, gifts are special endowments that the Holy Spirit bestows on believers for the benefit of the church as a whole. So the Holy Spirit is giving us gifts. God gives us grace, and then he gives us gifts that we didn't even ask for. He's like, I'm gonna gift you this way and this way, and I'm gonna gift you this way. And the sad thing is most Christians don't even realize how they're gifted. Most Christians don't know, like a lot of people join our church and they're like, wait, wait, I, I, I'm supposed to work. I just thought I was gonna attend and and amen, and put a little in the bucket, and you know, like, wait, you want us to do something? Yes, because you've been given gifts. All of us have gifts, and we use them to advance the kingdom of God, to bring glory to God, and each one of us have these gifts. Now, they're all different. Each one of us has different gifts. They're a blend of gifts. Um, my mom, for a while, would go around and say, like, do you know your spiritual gifts? She just would go up to people in church. Do you know your spiritual gifts? They're like, no. She's like, you need to sign up and go to this. You need, do you know your spiritual gifts? You've got to find out your spiritual gifts. She would quiz people. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Now, I'm just going to have these on the screen so you understand what I'm talking about. After we receive grace, we get these gifts, and these gifts are in the church so we can build the church. There's the gift of administration. There's the uh, gift of the apostle, which is going to new places and preaching the word of God where the church does not exist. There's the gift of discernment, the gift of evangelism, the gift of the evangelist is also. There's the gift of exhortation, which is encouragement. There's the gift of faith, which I have. There's the gift of giving, the gift of healing, the gift of helps hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles. There's the gift of pastor. There's the gift of prophecy, prophet. There's the gift of serving. There's the gift of speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, teaching and the teacher. There's the gift of wisdom. Now, when you look at that list and you see that list, you say, how is God gift? If you don't know what you are, just by quick glance, I'm looking at this. I have the gift of faith. I have the gift of giving. I have the gift of leadership. I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of interpreting tongues. I have the gift of being a teacher. So I know my gift mix. Do you know your gift mix? And if you don't know your gift mix, can I just tell you, you need to sign up for one of our welcome home small groups. You need to do that. You can even find it on our small group locator and you can drop down and look for the welcome home group where they will give you a test, which by the way, you can't fail the test. You can't, and by the way, don't say like, well, how many, Pastor Rob had seven of them. No, don't, don't do that. We're all gifted differently. You know, if, if Becca was, here, she, she could go and list hers. I mean, she has other gifts that are different than I do. And I thank God that she has different gifts. I thank God that our our 
church is filled with people with all sorts of different gifts, and we want you to use your gifts. So you're going to take a test that you cannot fail, and it'll just show you what gifts you have. There'll be a leader there that will give you an assessment and help you to place, get placed into a ministry where you can use those gifts, and then there's ongoing help for you to develop them. So we've got grace, and we've got gifts, and now we've got fruit, all right? And I've tried so hard to get a G word here because I'm a preacher. I want grace, gifts, and then I was like, and good fruit. I was going to just add good in front of you. I needed three Gs. But anyways, GGF, that's it. Grace, gifts, and fruit, all right? Now, in John 15, with each of these, I'm reading a bunch of scripture. Listen to what it says. I am the true vine. Jesus is speaking, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I also uh, remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to, this is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He said, you gotta stay connected. You gotta stay in And When you're staying connected, when you're abiding in the vine, you're gonna produce this fruit. The Holy Spirit is gonna produce this in you. And he says, it brings glory to God and it, and, and it brings joy into your life. And it brings, there's this abundance that is coming when you have the fruit of the Spirit being formed in you. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. We've got the grace of God that gets us in, the gifts of God that, that, that build the church and build what he's doing and, and expand his church around the world. But then there's the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's the result of the work of the Holy Spirit, the definition. It's the results of the work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. You don't make it. God does it in you. You don't make it. You don't say, like, I'm going to make some fruit today. Yeah, really going to make you. No, you, 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 the fruit is formed in you by the power of God, by abiding, by, by, so that's another word that we don't use a lot. And so I'm wanting to explain this because again, I hope that a lot of people that don't understand the church and are leaning in will, will grab this. So let me backfill this. Abiding is a word that we don't use a lot, but it means attaching to Jesus. It means coming to him and receiving from him. It means staying connected to him keeping the relationship current. Because when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's a personal relationship and you're keeping it current. It's not like, yeah, I did that at camp when I was seven and I haven't spent any time with Jesus. That's not abiding. Abiding is every day. It's allowing Christ to fill our hearts, to fill our minds. It's yielding to the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to us yielding like the Holy Spirit is speaking. And we do this practically. We abide. And I don't want abiding to seem kind of like way out there. It's very practical. We abide through prayer in spending time in prayer, in talking to God, 
we abide. We do this by reading his word and letting his word speak to us. We do this by being discipled. We do this by listening to that still small voice that speaks to us and moves us and changes us. In this abiding, we yield our desires, our motives, and our self-determination to Christ. It's probably why a lot of people don't like to abide. Because you're like, I have my plans, God, and I want you to bless them. Um, I have my desires, my interests, my thoughts, and so I'll get back to you when I need you. No, he's like, no, I want you to abide in me. I want you to be there in my presence. I want you to listen to what I'm speaking. And as you yield to this, I want you to give me your motives, your desires, and all this. And, and, and as you do this, we yield to his grace, his love, his spirit. And this starts to produce fruit in us. What does that mean? It means we look more like Jesus. We look more like Jesus. We have the fruit in us, and it produces his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion. And, 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 and this is the goal. Like, the goal is like once we're saved and we're using our gifts for his glory, he wants us to abide with him and have this fruit be produced in us. And this is where I see such a stall. If there's um, two stalls, like we thank God for grace. We're like, grace, 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 thank you. And then we, we never move into the gifts that he's given to us. And then we're negligent on our fruit development. We're negligent on this. We don't allow the Holy Spirit to form in us the fruit that God wants us to form. And so this is to the church. I'm asking you to yield to the Lord. I'm asking you to abide more so that fruit will be there. And as the world sees the fruit, they'll understand the goodness of God and his grace because that's what confuses them. All right, that was all the introduction. We're ready to go. All right. There's things that keep us from producing fruit, which by the way, I love that in our soap this week, just as last week in our soap, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, we're all reading the same chapters. In Matthew 13, it says, their seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. There's things like worries and cares and things that keep you away from abiding in his presence, and it chokes away the fruitfulness. So we're saved by grace, we're given gifts, and we have the fruit of the Spirit being produced in us, and they they work together in us. They work together within us. It starts with grace. We have gifts, and we have the fruit being developed. And it, 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 they work together. So let me go through these. Are you, are you tracking with me? All right, I'm tracking. I'm just believing online and at campuses we're tracking. It, it, it's more of a teaching. It's more of a teaching here. And I've read a lot of scriptures. And now I want to try to apply this and get the light to go on for us here. If you remove grace, we got grace and we have gifts and we have fruit. If you remove grace from the equation, okay, the world's like, okay, I could understand that. You, you need to have gifts that you use and you need to be nice. You need to be kind. You need to, but we can't remove grace from the equation because if we remove grace, we just have like a, 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 an ethical and moral relativism. And it's just like, okay, Grace is, it's all built on grace. It's all built on the love of God giving us grace. And that's what confuses the world. So we can't remove grace. It just makes Jesus a wise teacher if we remove grace. 
Jesus is our savior. Jesus is loving. He gives us grace that we don't deserve, so you can't remove that. But if you remove gifts and you say, well, we're gonna remove the gifts and we're just gonna have grace and fruit, well, what's the mission that we're on? What's the mission on? Even when Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you and we are there, he's like, you're gonna produce fruit. And he says, without me, you can do nothing. We're on mission for God. We're on mission. So we're supposed to take our gifts. So you can't take the gifts out and say, we just want grace and fruit. We've got the gifts right there too, where we're on mission and we're doing something for God. Well, you can't remove the fruit either because then that just makes you a human doing and you're not being formed into the image of God. Stay with me. You've got the grace of God and the gifts, but if you get rid of the fruit, well, then you're never changing. You're never getting past those things that have held you captive. You're never changing who you are in Christ. You're not showing the glory of God changing you from who you were into who you become. And so the fruit of the Spirit starts to take somebody that used to be an angry, hot-tempered person, and all of a sudden the grace of God and through the gifts of God, they hear teaching or other things that minister to them. They say, God, I'm abiding in you, and I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be patient. And God says, I'm going to work in you. And then how many know he sends you somebody to help you grow your patience, right? The, 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 the fruit of the Spirit that's being, you can't take it out. You can't take, it's all part of the process. And as the fruit is growing in you, you start to reflect and look more like Jesus. They all work together. And the confusion that comes to the church, to the people outside the church, is I'm afraid that the church is not producing enough fruit in people's lives. Like we're not yielding. Christians are not producing enough fruit to satisfy the sweet tooth that the world has. They're looking at us and they're saying, does God make people sweet? Does God make people nice? Does God change them from what they were into something more beautiful? And if we don't develop the fruit and they only see platform gifts, they get confused. Now, I won't say someone's name. I would not do that. But you could probably fill in the blank of some high profile person that has claimed to follow Jesus. And think for just a moment. Think of a high profile person that claims to know Jesus but doesn't have fruit that looks like they know him. And it's very confusing. And when this high profile person, he or she will do something that is, is wrong or do something that doesn't line up with fruit being produced, the world's like, see, see, it's not real. See, it's, and, and they don't understand this person was saved by grace. They don't understand that their gift have put, has put them on a platform or moved them in front of people and, and forgive the church. The church many times are like, oh, oh, are you an athlete? And you said yes to Jesus yesterday. Uh, we're going to put you on the stage today. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's let the fruit of God be developed in that person for a little while. Let's, let's, let's let them season a little bit, you know? Oh, 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 you're a CEO of a company? Come on, share your testimony. It's okay. Try not to swear next time. All right. You know, like we... So shame on the church for like trying to jump on celebrity and platform gifts, platform gifts, and, and not say like character. And I, even like I think back in the church, the early time in the church, I was, as a young pastor, I just did so many things wrong. I was, I was wanting to grow the church and, and, and I, you know, if somebody had 
didn't have fruit development, but they had an amazing gift. I was like, but they're pretty gifted. You know, we should probably use them. And they're like, yeah, but the character doesn't match, but they're pretty gifted. I mean, they really, when they sing, it's pretty awesome. And, and, and to my own detriment, we would platform people that had gifts, but did not have fruit growing in their life. And we were adding to the confusion, and I apologize for adding to the confusion. And I can even remember times that we'd have to discipline people that weren't living up to things that God would want them to live up to. They, they were saved by grace, they had gifts. And, and, and we'd, you know, like, should they be out a month, should two months, you know, when is Easter? You know, I mean, it's sad that we would think that way, and I'm just confessing because this is grabbing me that as your pastor, as one of your pastors, it's our, it's our desire to see you abide in Christ and to grow in Christ. We don't want to use your gifts in a manipulative way. We want you to be used in your gifts to grow his kingdom and to see the fruit of the spirit formed in you. And if we see character development that isn't happening, we have to have the courage to call that out and say, your gift may be amazing, but your lack of character development, your lack of abiding in Christ and letting him prune away those things that don't need to be there is actually confusing the world we're trying to reach. So we're gonna let you have a little pruning season and then we'll platform you after you've been pruned a little. And, and you know what? I've watched people and I will, again, we say, this is what we're gonna do. And we may discipline somebody. They say, I'm out of here. I'm going to XYZ church and they will appreciate my gifts. And it's sad that they just move. They don't wanna go through the pruning. They don't wanna do the abiding. They don't wanna face that. Come on, let Christ be formed. You are not abiding. You are just running on your gifts. And I don't wanna confuse the world by platforming gifts and not seeing like we need to develop the fruit of the spirit and let Christ be formed in us. One old preacher said that the, this, he said, the choicest fruits are the hardest to grow. The choice, like they're the hardest to grow. And he's, you know why? Because he has to prune things off of us. I don't have time to go into this, but when Jesus said like, he, he pruned back the things, there were two types of branches, two types of branches on a vine. One had fruit and one did not. And anybody that knows anything about this, you cut back the one that doesn't have any fruit on it. You don't want it to take up any nutrients from where the fruit is. And there's things in your life when you're abiding in Christ, when you're yielding, that, that God says, that's gotta go. And you're like, really? That's, that's gotta go. But my family's always, it's gotta go. It's not producing any fruit. And so he cuts off those things that don't bear fruit so that you'll bear more fruit. And as you bear more fruit, what did it say? It says you glorify God. And the world goes, wow, wow. I, if I'm not mistaken, that guy used to like do this. And now, wow, look, how does God do that? How does, isn't that interesting? It's like, as, as we're fruitful, it's beautiful. And I wanna make a, a new word, it's fruitful. I mean, it's fruitful. It's like <laughs> fruitful, beautiful, fruitful. Like we need to be fruitful. And if the church is more fruitful as we're using our gifts, living in the grace of God, the world would be like, wow. Those are the best neighbors, the best employees, the best bosses, they're the, the best teachers, they're the best students because they, they've been abiding and, and the Christ is being formed in them and all this. And, and it's interesting, very few people quit the church 
due to lack of fruit development. They'll say like, I'm quitting because I'm not being fed. I don't get enough meat. It's like, we should name the church meat church, not fruit church. It's like, I want meat. But very few people say like, yeah, I'm not very fruitful. All my coworkers think I'm a jerk. I, I probably, yeah, I need to grow more. I have to find a new church. You know, they don't do that. It's, I want head knowledge. I want to know it, but I don't want to grow it. I want to know it, but not grow it. Guess what? Your kids want you to grow it. Your coworkers want you to grow it. Your boss wants you to grow it. God wants you to grow it. The world watching wants you to grow it. Yeah, know it and grow it. But let's be fruitful, fruitful. And so with that, I, church, thank God for the grace. We all get in on grace. Thank God for the gifts. Please use your gifts. Do not let them sit by idly because we need them. But continue to abide in Christ. Don't think it's all about just gift, gift, gift. I got to get to the platform. No, it's be like Jesus. Spend time in his presence. Stay plugged into him. Stay worshiping him. Have that quiet time with him. Grow. Let, that, let him prune you and cut those things back so you can be fruitful for his glory and honor. And then when the world looks at the beautiful fruit, you can explain the more incredible, beautiful grace of God that allowed you to change and to grow into that person. Let's praise God for that. And let's, let's be fruitful for his glory. So I'm praying right now that if you're a skeptic and you're on the outside, you would just be in awe of God's grace like we are. Like we are in awe of God's grace. We, we didn't deserve to be forgiven. We received what he offered. We said yes. We, I pray that we'd be in awe. I pray that we would be blessed by the gifts. I pray that every gift that he gives, we will use, we will utilize, we will maximize, we'll grow, we will steward, and we will be blessed and blown away by those gifts. And then I pray that we will be deeply impacted by the fruit of the Spirit being formed in us, that we are more godly, we are more like Christ. Things that we used to be, we no longer are, and, and traits and habits and things that were with us for generations are falling, pruned away. God's like, that doesn't, that's the last. I want you to look like Jesus. And I'm praying when that happens, that, that fruitful life for God will end this confusion. Will end this confusion and help more people to say yes to the God that wants to give them grace. So God, I just pray that you take my words here that I spoke it. I feel you just given me this message and I pray that you'd help us to grab hold of this. Your grace is more than amazing. It's incredible, indescribable, so outside the bounds of what any other religion even thinks of. And yet you give us grace. You forgive us. Your love is unconditional. And if we receive that, you give it to us. Thank you for that. God, I thank you for the gifts. And I pray that you would stir up those gifts in this church. Some people have had them dormant. Some people have never explored them. Some have never realized I have gifts. So I pray you'd stir up those gifts in our church. And lastly, for each of us to call you Lord and Savior. May we abide in your presence. May we spend time in your word. May we listen to that still small voice. May we yield the things that we have so we will look more like you. Jesus, you said it would bring joy in our life. It would bring joy in our life, but you also said it would bring glory to the Father. So Jesus, we abide in you to look more like you, to be full of that fruit of the Spirit, to have joy in our life, joy to those around us and glory to the God that loves us so much that he'd give us grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this. Help us to be fruitful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.